0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11, and uh, you may be asking, where is the intro music? And uh, Cliff Ravenscraft recently did an episode where he did not do intro music uh, music throughout his podcast or at the end. And the main reason he did that is because he had some students that were going through his podcast training course, and they were getting hung up on making sure they had the you know, ideal, perfect audio for his intro, uh, anything throughout the podcast. And uh, the key was to not get hung up on things like that. Don't get um, bogged down in the small things. And if you're publishing a blog post or a, a podcast episode, the primary thing is the content. Getting content out on a regular basis. Don't worry about things like maybe, you know, you normally put an image at the beginning of your article. Or if it's a podcast, having your audio throughout or changing your audio. Don't worry about stuff like that. The key is to get that content out there on a regular basis so your audience can consume it and uh, keep things flowing on a regular basis and I thought that was kind of cool so I'm going to skip the uh, audio today as a result as well and uh, for another reason I have a lot of content that I want to share with you today so I'm going to kind of buzz through the uh, intro part here and get started Uh, but real briefly I want to tell you what I plan to cover today. A lot of you had uh, mentioned in the comments or uh, directly that you wanted some updates on the Proven Amazon course and how things are going. And I will provide that for you today. In addition, I've been playing with some mobile-friendly. Um, I'm actually using a plugin, but I've been looking into various uh, themes and stuff too, not real deeply, but wanted to talk about uh, having a mobile-friendly site. And the primary thing I wanted to talk about today has to do with my Forever Affiliate site and uh, drop in rankings, traffic, and sales. Nobody ever wants to talk about the bad things, right? Well, I think it's kind of cool initially after you're over that initial shock of, oh, man, what's going on with my site? I think it's really fun to try to dig in and try to figure out exactly what's going on. And uh, if you've been doing this any length of time, even if you you think you have a good grasp of uh, what might be going on, a lot of times it is uh, still somewhat of a mystery, but I have some ideas. I got some feedback from Andrew Hansen from the Forever Affiliate Program. He's the creator. And uh, also some feedback from another SEO expert, and I uh, will provide all those details here for you today. So let's get started. And uh, first, as always, I wanted to give a quick shout out and a thank you to all of the email subscribers over the last week. And I have several that I'd like to mention by name. Anton, Lucas, Linda, Andrew, Sean, and Gary as well as two anonymous folks that I don't have first names for. Unfortunately, that's one of the downsides. Uh, A suggestion from somebody was, instead of asking for first name, last name, and email for my subscription boxes, just to ask for a first name, or I'm sorry, just to ask for an email address. It said you may get more opt-ins, and the less fields somebody needs to fill out, the better. But the downside with that is, you may not necessarily gather um, names for your subscribers and that's important to me I'd like to you know address someone by name typically a few weeks after you subscribe I'll send you a message a message <laughs> a message directly from myself to you just asking if there's anything you might like to see on the podcast um, or on a blog post and I did that uh, this past Friday so if anybody has subscribed over the last several weeks you should have gotten an email from me sometime later on Friday afternoon and if you didn't, please check your spam folder and see if it uh, ended up being in there. But I have gotten a couple of responses, so I know it did go out okay. And I did send those um, directly from myself to you. They were not autoresponders. They were not form letters, um, just you know, individual messages and uh, asking if there's anything I can help with, anything you might want to see on the uh, show or a blog post. And I uh, appreciate the responses there. Andrew and Gary, I especially uh, thank you for directly responding to me real quickly and uh, letting me know what you might be interested in or what you've enjoyed so far. I really appreciate that and uh, look forward to incorporating some of the things you mentioned. So, uh, again, if you you have not yet subscribed, you can do so by going to nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe, and if you go to that link, it will actually ask you for first name, last name, and email. At least, please give me your first name. Last name uh, isn't that relevant to me. I don't need that, so uh, at least please leave your first name so that I can address you in future uh, emails that I might send. I would really appreciate it. And uh, let's get right started into today's show. And I will start with an update on the Proven Amazon course. And uh, over the course of this week, I had hoped to get into the Power Branding system. That's where I wanted to start my efforts in the course. And I did manage to get through the uh, materials fully in that particular module. So I have uh, some updated information to provide there. And one cool thing right before I get into the actual content was one thing that I liked about that course is that the video, it was all a a video course, but the videos were just pretty much showing PowerPoint slides and uh, maybe some screenshots and some activity, but it wasn't somebody behind the camera. And uh, those videos, he gave an option to download either an MOV file or an MP4 file. So I was actually uh, relaxing with the wife outside over the weekend, beautiful weekend here in Northeast Florida, so didn't want to spend the whole weekend doing work, and uh, I brought those videos with me. So I just pulled up, logged into the website, and uh, then hit download the videos and uh, listen to them while we were just hanging out and uh, relaxing. So that's one cool feature. You can take it on the go with you and watch it anywhere. But uh, the key content of the power branding system is to create a product and a brand, more importantly, that uh, you own and that you can differentiate yourself from others with a particular brand, and the example that he used was Trader Joe's, which if you don't have a Trader Joe's in your community, uh, we don't here, but I know what they are, and it is a uh, grocery store chain that has private label brands, so let's say you like a particular brand of wine or something. Uh, Trader Joe's has very inexpensive private labeled wine that uh, they have particular manufacturers make. So, a lot of folks, like he mentioned, will buy anything to do with the Trader Joe's name. But obviously, Trader Joe's is a little bit bigger than uh, you probably will be. They have their own brick and mortar stores, but it, the example that he was providing was just to say it's a brand that's easily recognizable that people go out of their way to find. And that's kind of the core of the course. But Basically, what he recommended you do is you survey an inner circle of friends or acquaintances. He said somewhere between three and 10, and ask them three products that they use on a daily basis that they can't live without. And that could be anything from, I think, French Press Coffee was one example he gave. Um, You know, anything that you utilize on a daily basis and uh, that's where you can start to brainstorm some ideas from. And if they have any particular pain points or problems with those products, um, you can look to potentially solve those. And the whole goal was to try to get those folks as part of your initial audience and try to pre-sell a private branded product of your own for those folks so you could actually collect money from these folks and have them be your ambassadors and your uh, people that will kind of champion your product and uh, just get the word out on their own due to them being excited, being interested, in knowing you. And uh, that's kind of the core of that particular system. And that's not really what I was expecting initially. You know, everything that I've heard thus far has been to take a look at the best selling products list on Amazon. Uh, find the right suppliers, sourcing those products offshore, and those are some of the initial steps um, in the systems that I've found. But this is completely different, and he specifically says that up front. Don't start by looking in the best products on Amazon. Don't start sourcing your products now. Sourcing products was, I think, step five or later in the program. There's about eight steps, and um, it's a very easy-to-understand program Common sense type thing once he lays out what the different steps are. And I have no doubt that it would absolutely work. It's just a completely different uh, way of thinking based on everything I've seen so far. And uh, I have on other podcasts heard about this uh, way of selling, as in, if you even if you wanted to create a software product or some sort of other information based product. That was one method that I heard that works exceptionally well, which is to try to identify an audience that's going to know, love, and, you know, trust you and your product as a result of being a follower. Like, for example, if I was to put out an information product, obviously for me, it would make the most sense to try to get you guys who are my listeners currently or my email subscribers to get on board because you know me, um, you've listened to me, you've read my blog posts. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, like, and trust me at this point, uh, since you've known me for what, 11 episodes now. So that would be an, uh, you know, obvious place to start. And that's kind of what he's recommending there. And what I've seen on other podcasts where let's say I have a particular software that I want to release or an information product of my own, I'll survey what you guys might want to see. I'll put out maybe a beta or a demo and say, Hey, could you guys check this out? Let me know what you think. You guys can get in on the ground floor, test this out, help me out, help build this product, and then those folks become ambassadors for your product, and uh, they spread via word of mouth, so you have kind of a head start, and you can pre-sell that product so that you can actually have the money up front to start to build your inventory, so it... Not only does it determine that if those folks are buying your product and pre selling, when you're pre selling, that determines that there is a bit of a market already. You get some money flowing in so that you can purchase some inventory from suppliers. And he said one of the least. Uh, difficult parts is sourcing products from suppliers once you know exactly what you want to do, and uh, that's the core of that particular course. Like I said, it's not what I expected, only because I was expecting you know the same search for the best selling products on Amazon, go about it that way, find your suppliers, and go about things um, in that particular route. But it's different, I definitely think that it can work, but the only issue is that you may feel like that's a barrier because you'll actually have to uh, survey folks, uh, talk to people, and then try to pre-sell, which he says he can't stand pre-selling. He's an introvert himself, and uh, if he's able to do it, anybody can do it, which I think if you're dedicated and you're just ready, willing, and able to jump right in and do what he says, I think that's great. I think you can absolutely uh, succeed with that, but for me personally, I'm going to continue on with the course materials. I'm going to check out the sourcing products from China next, and that's a different, uh, completely different piece of the course. So that's where I'm going to dig into next. And um, also, there's someone, Tom and Aaron, that uh, had purchased through my Proven Amazon Course link, which is NicheSiteTools.com forward slash PAC for Proven Amazon Course. And uh, they have started, they've gotten into the materials, and uh, Tom has some inventory as well that he's looking to begin selling. So I'm I'm talking to those folks, and uh, anybody that does go through the course or has questions in general, even if you're not going through the course and you do sell on Amazon and just want to share ideas, definitely let me know. You can always email me at chris at niche and we can get a little discussion going, and um, there's always great discussions going on in the Facebook group for the proven Amazon course itself as well. So, um, we're throwing ideas around and just kind of sharing where we're at. And, uh, as we go through the different course materials, we're going to recommend, you know, if there's a particular one that seems to meet our needs, uh, better, we're going to share those details. So that's kind of where we're going through. So, um, I think I'm the first one to go through the power branding system piece of it. So I shared what uh, I learned in that as I just shared with you here, same exact thing I was sharing with them. So um, definitely if you're interested in the course, you can go through my affiliate link. Um, Obviously you're under no obligation to do so. So you can go through the uh, regular link. If you uh, find that through the uh, Proven Amazon course online, that's fine as well, but uh, definitely Get in touch with me if you want to share uh, thoughts and details on that. And as I continue to go through the materials, I will keep you posted on my thoughts and uh, what I run into and what I think uh, work, may work best. And uh, once we do get things rolling, if I begin selling the uh, products on Amazon, I will uh, share everything along the way. So that's where I am so far. Next is going to be the uh, sourcing products from China module and I'm really looking forward to that and uh, also digging into some of the other materials as well so for me personally what I'm I actually like the idea of searching the um, bestsellers in Amazon getting ideas that way and then working to uh, get reviews sales and rankings because that's what I'm most familiar with that's what I'm familiar with from websites doing niche sites and uh, doing the keyword research and all that sort of stuff kind of, um, is I think that's how Brett who created the, uh, power branding system course. I think that's how he got started initially. And he had, you know, problems with that because he didn't come from that type of background. So all that was foreign to him and a lot of work as he put it. But for me, I don't find that a lot of work. I'm used to doing the keyword research and, um, trying to rank and things like that. So, that is most comfortable to me, so that's kind of where I wanted to uh, focus my attention so that I'm looking for that type of material and just looking for material to help jump start the specifics of Amazon that I'm not familiar with, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff and uh, stuff that can help you rank quicker and get those additional sales and stuff like that. So that's the kind of material I'm looking for, the uh, Power Branding System Material is great. I think it can absolutely work, but uh, I don't know that I'm going to go that route initially. So I'm going to keep looking and keep working through the materials in that course. So I will leave it there with the PAC update for today, and I'm going to jump right into the next topic, which for me was the mobile-friendly responsive website. And how this came up was when I was on vacation the uh, prior two weeks, I had to check my site for a couple of reasons. I don't remember exactly why, but I think I was going to respond to somebody's comment. And I had to check something else to uh, see if a post had posted or check it, see if a link on a post was working, I think. So... I attempted to access my site from the cruise ship that we were on the cruise ship to Alaska, and the uh, internet on the ship is terrible. It was, um, I knew that ahead of time, but it was very slow, so my site was loading um, incredibly slow. And on top of that, I realized that accessing it via the mobile site, I had to zoom in. You can see my whole site from the, um, if you're on a mobile device, but the issue is that you have to, you know, tilt and zoom and pan and do everything to get the content to a way where you can easily read it just by clicking on a post. So what I did at the beginning of the week was I looked into ways to have a better mobile presence and um, the issue for me is that I have Thesis 1.8 and that is the old version of Thesis. It is not very mobile friendly. It was built a ways back and... um, Thesis 2.0 is out there now, but in order to um, get that update, you would have to purchase it. So since I had already um, purchased the Thesis 1.8 theme and I didn't have a reason as of yet to do any sort of upgrades, I looked for a free way and I found a WordPress free plugin that's called WP Touch Mobile. And it works really well. I installed the plugin and activated it. And uh, because I'm using... One of the, I think I'm using the WP Total Cache plugin. There's a couple of different cache plugins, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's the one I'm using. There's a couple of settings that I needed to change within the uh, Total Cache plugin itself to get the um, WP Touch Mobile to work properly, and I did that really quick. It took about 10 minutes to get the uh, plugin installed, get the settings into uh, my cache plugin. And everything uh, worked great after that. So I haven't done anything additional to do any tweaking. And I had a couple of folks check it out, and it worked uh, great for them. And it's not the most flashy um, plugin, and you don't have the – when you go – for instance, if you are on a mobile device or you're listening to this on a mobile device, when you're done, pull up my site, nichesitetools.com on your mobile device and let me know what you think. I'd, I'd really like to hear your feedback. And it's uh, no frills, basically has a link to your most recent posts, and then you can click on that and it'll take you to your content. And um, when it does that, the font is gr- a great size for me so I could read things, everything looks good as far as a text-wise, but what you don't see when you view the um, your site on a mobile device is any widgets in your sidebar and things like that. So I have some affiliate links in my sidebar and things like that, my email subscription and, uh, things like that, that would be missing in the mobile browser. But what I found was that if I clicked on my different posts, I can still see my comment form very clearly. I can still see my email subscription, my social media sharing options. And, uh, so basically all I'm losing out on is uh, some of the sort of stuff on my sidebar widgets. And for the most part, if somebody's on a mobile device, I don't think that's a big deal. So for the most part, they're looking to consume a particular post or trying to look something up really quick on your site. So I think that's a small price to pay to have a more responsive, more mobile-friendly site And uh, I think that is a very inexpensive, since it's free. Um, There is a pro version of that plugin if you want more tweaks and customizations available. But uh, the free version so far works great for me. Accomplished exactly what I was looking for for now. But uh, like Marcus suggested to me, a more mobile-friendly, responsive theme may be in order for me. So I will be looking. Not in the very near future because I have the uh, proven Amazon core stuff going and the podcast and uh, you know other things going on with uh, my sites that I'm interested in and uh, changing themes at this particular moment isn't going to be high on my priority list because everything work- is working fine now that I have that uh, sort of band-aid fix for the uh, Word WP Touch Mobile plugin. Uh, I'm going to let things run like that for now unless something changes, but uh, if you do have themes that you're using that are either inexpensive, free, or... um you know, really responsive. They have a really good mobile presence right out of the box without uh, having to create a separate mobile site. I would love to hear about it, so please let me know either uh, in the comment section of this post, which will be com forward slash the number 11, or you can always email me, chris at com and let me know, and uh, I will um, gather a list of different... Uh, I looked into Genesis and the most recent version of Thesis And the cost, um, they're a little bit higher than some of the, um, just if you want to purchase an individual theme, they're a little bit higher, but, uh, and and actually the Genesis theme, I saw a couple of folks, different, uh, folks that have the Genesis framework and, uh, the mobile versions of their sites weren't that great. So I don't know that I'm going to go that route, but those are the primary ones I know about. If you if you know of any others that have decent, um, mobile presences that you do not have to do any separate setup for customizations for, for the most part, I would love to hear about it. So please share that with me, and uh, I will share that with anyone else that might be uh, looking into that also. And uh, for that, we will end that particular segment as well and go into the meat of the show. So this is probably going to be the uh, rest of the show. And what I found was that my Forever Affiliate site, the the primary one that I have that um, I've gotten the sales through, I noticed it wasn't blatantly obvious for me because I've been spending a lot of time on the podcast and looking into the proven Amazon course and uh, related materials over the past couple of weeks. Had the vacation coming up, so I wasn't keeping a very close eye on my Forever Affiliate site. And the only thing I did notice was I wasn't getting any more sales, so obviously that's a bit of a red flag. So when I got back from vacation, that was one thing I checked out. And what I noticed was when I went to Google and I did a search for um particular keyword phrase, and the particular keyword phrase where I thought I was getting most of my sales from was product name reviews. And that was where I was ranking either second or third, depending on the week, and that was where I was getting a majority of my traffic and sales through to the best of my knowledge so that is where typically if somebody's looking for reviews, they have um, they know about the product they want to find out other opinions from others. And they are just about ready to make a purchase. So that is definitely a buyer keyword phrase and one that I was targeting um, as the most important piece of content that I wanted to rank for. So much to my dismay when I, I was originally second or third, the last I checked, which was probably sometime at the beginning of March or at the end of February. And much to my dismay when I typed in product name reviews, I was no longer on the first page of Google at all. So, uh, that was a bit concerning and just like anybody else, I was frustrated and wasn't sure, you know, it was initial shock of, Hey, what happened here? I haven't done anything. I haven't, um, changed anything. All the commenting, I continued to do comments through the month of, uh, March and a bit into April as well. So I hadn't stopped anything. I hadn't created any additional content on the site, but for the most part, Um, when I was ranking well, I hadn't created any brand new content at that time either. So my initial thought was that having seen some other sites that people that create uh, Amazon style sites or things of that nature, if they were public um, case studies that they were doing where they revealed their websites, a lot of them were getting hit with negative spam links from people that were following along with their site, which first of all is absolutely terrible why people waste their time and efforts to penalize somebody that's helping others and getting the word out to try to help others build sites and try to have others you know change their lives bring in more income and uh, give them more freedom in their lives why they have to go about um, trying to penalize them and make them look bad I don't know But at any rate, that was the first thing I thought of. Maybe somebody had uh, added some spam links to my site, even though it's not a public site. I have not revealed the details of my site for that reason. I thought maybe competitors were trying to penalize my site so that their site might rank higher or things uh, along those lines. And luckily, I checked my um, pack link profile, And I went to ahrefs.com, which is a real quick and dirty way that I usually check. Um, That's the quickest way. Market Samurai also has some built-in tools, but it takes a little longer to pull that up. So my first line of defense is always ahrefs. And um, you don't need an account. It is better if you have a free account. You'll get a, a little bit more results. But I checked my most recent links, and they were all comments that I had left on uh, different blog posts that I recognized, so I did not have any recent links that were spammy or negative. So that was a relief, no issues there. And uh, the next thing I did was I went into Webmaster Tools and um, actually had done a Google search to uh, determine, I think I searched for um, Google penalties, uh, backlink penalties. Things along those lines, and uh, one thing that's one thing that came up initially was talking about if you do receive a manual Google penalty, you'll get an email from Google saying, "Hey, your site's been penalized. You have spammy backlinks, or, or your you know, whatever the case may be. You'll get an email about it." And I hadn't had any emails, so that was a good thing. And another thing that. Uh, I came across suggested checking your google webmaster tools account and making sure there's no errors or messages in there and I did not have any errors as far as broken links I did not have any messages in there whatsoever It said my site was uh, normal, everything was functioning fine and no performance issues, know, I checked everything within Webmaster Tools, and everything looked great, so then I was a bit stumped. So I reached out to Andrew Hansen from the Forever Affiliate program, and he's the creator of the program, and he brought up a good point, and he said uh, that sounds very familiar. Something happened to him recently, and what happened to him was that a different site for the same product, promoting the same product, had stolen his content. So someone had actually copy-pasted the content, um, either a snippet or the full content of his particular site or post, and uh, put it on their own site. And what was happening in his case, when uh, the way he found out about that was he would copy-paste a paragraph from his uh, main homepage and any articles that uh, he had lost rankings on, and if you copy, paste, and put that entire paragraph with double quotes around it into Google, it will go out and find any other content that has that exact same content on uh, their posts as well. And if somebody else ranks higher than you for that exact same content or snippet, they stole your content and Google is um, giving them a higher priority, basically labeling them as the originator of that content. And you could go about try to fight it and things like that, but it's not worth your effort. So what he said was, if that's the case, go in and change the content on your own site so that your content is unique and that uh, that particular duplicate content issue will not exist any longer. So what I did initially was I copy pasted a paragraph or two from my main site and also my product name review site, I'm sorry, product name review post and I did not find anything online other than my own post, so that was another good sign that nobody had stolen my content. But what I did, I took an additional step and went to Copyscape.com, and I put in the main my main site URL and also the URL for my product name review post. And it didn't find anything similar for my main site, but it did find that on my reviews post, that 12% of the content on that page was on five other um, posts and websites. And initially I thought, okay, great, somebody's copied my review page, but that's not the case. Being that it's only 12%, I did drill down on Copyscape and found that because I had included some testimonials that were provided from the product um, owner himself, uh, four or five other folks had done the same thing. So specific paragraphs that were testimonials from specific people that had used the product were showing up as duplicate content. But again, that isn't something new. That was something that, um, has been that way all along. So in my case, I don't necessarily think that is a reason for my rankings to drop suddenly and the my top two competitors the folks were that that were also have similar affiliate style sites and were either in the um number one two three or four those folks were the ones i was keying in on to try to compare my results with try to compare my backlinks try to take a look at their sites and see where they're getting links etc so None of them had actually had that same testimonial on their site, so I really don't think that was the reason for my drop-in rankings. I probably am going to go in and either remove those exact word-for-word testimonials or try to paraphrase them to get rid of that 12% duplicate content. But again, I don't think that is the cause for my drop-in rankings. And another thing that Andrew suggested was that... um, something that I already did, which I mentioned, was to go into my Webmaster Tools account and check and make sure that I don't have any broken links or 404 errors. So I had already done that um, knowing that that was a suggestion I had seen from him via email previously. So I had already checked that and that was not the case either. I did not have any broken links on my site. So all in all, everything checked out as far as that went. So I said to him, most likely in this case, I'm assuming that your suggestion would be to get additional do-follow backlinks from higher PR sites to try to help my rankings. And he said, yep. If uh, everything else you checked out, and uh, he actually went to my site and checked out the content, checked out the layout, checked out the way I have my links, and he said it's a picture-perfect site. Where his exact words, so. It was created along the lines exactly on how it was laid out in the course material. So he said there's nothing he would change as far as the content goes. The only thing he would do at this point would be to work to get additional backlinks. So that was kind of what I suspected. And um, at that point, what I had done was um, done some searching online to try to find some different products that might be able to provide some more details and uh, forensics as far as the backlinking goes. And like I said, Ahrefs is a great place to start, but something else I'd come across when I was looking into uh, potential Google penalties and things was a tool called Monitor Backlinks and that that can be found at monitorbacklinks.com. And I installed that, there's a free three month, I'm sorry, 30 day trial, one month free trial and you don't have to provide a credit card or anything, and it was slightly different in that it, in addition to allowing you to check backlinks for your own site, it actually provides you with, uh, you can plug in two competitors, and you can check their backlink profile and uh, compare things as well. So I was interested in checking that out, and I did sign up for that free trial, installed the, um, actually there's no install, it's a web-based product, but I logged in and uh, plugged in my site and the site, of my two primary competitors, and what I found was that my backlink profile had about a thousand backlinks in total to my site and about I think it was about sixty referring domains. so I've left comments on over sixty different domains, primarily comments is uh, ninety five or ninety nine percent of all the backlinks to my site are through blog comments. And of those links, only four of them are do follow. And if you don't know what that means, um, basically, if you're creating a blog post and you put a link in the body of your post, unless you specify otherwise, most likely that's going to be a do follow link. So within a particular blog post that you do, if somebody links to you in a post that they do, or you link to yourself, That's going to be a do-follow link, and any link juice that that site has, for example, let's say it's a PageRank 4 site. If somebody has a PageRank 4 site and they do a blog post and leave a link to one of your posts, some of that link juice is going to transfer from their PageRank 4 site to whatever your PageRank site is. So, For for instance, if my site is a PageRank 0 or PageRank 1 or PageRank 2 and their site is a PageRank 4, you're going to get some additional link juice from their site to your site. But primarily, when you're leaving comments on other people's sites, in 90% of the cases, those links are probably going to be no follow. So Google does not pass the link juice in those cases, but in the Forever Affiliate course, What you want to strive for is a natural backlinking profile. So since the majority of folks out there, if you're leaving and leaving comments on blog posts and interacting with others in your niche, that's something Google would encourage, you know, leaving comments, getting interaction and reaching out to other folks and uh, getting links that way naturally in a more natural way. The majority of your backlink profile would be nofollow anyway, so while you're not necessarily getting the link juice that way, you're building up your backlink profile. But I think a place where I'm lacking where these competitors have not been is they have a good portion of dofollow links, so they still have a um, One of them had, I think, probably 20 dofollow backlinks and maybe you know, two, three hundred no follows. So they have a much higher, much higher distribution of do follow links. And the other competitor actually had, I think out of about a thousand backlinks, 980 of them were all do follow. So that is actually a very um, non-standard, non-normal backlink profile. However, it's working for them. So Despite what you might see online as far as, you know, having a natural backlink profile with a good mix of do follow and no follow, since that would, you know, generally meet what most folks would be getting to their sites, it is still working to have do follow links and do follow links from higher page rank sites to transfer that link to. So despite what you might have heard and despite the best teachings that i've heard and uh, come across and gone through myself what i'm finding at least in that particular case for product name reviews they are having success those two folks that i'm primarily keying in on who have similar sites to mine they are getting link juice from having do follow links more so than i do on my site and the sites of those folks popped up around the December time frame or November of 2013, and I started to lose my um, rankings around the end of February or the beginning of March. So since it generally takes 60 to 90 days, in my experience, for Google to rank sites What I was finding was and what I suspect was that since those sites popped up around the end of November or they started to get their links towards the end of November, December, that would make sense that December, January, February took about 90 days for them to start ranking and they started to rank higher than me, pushing me down the rankings because Google found their links and because a majority of their links or a good portion of their links do follow more so than mine. They're getting ranked higher and that is what I think is causing me to drop down because there's more folks that uh, more competitors and other sites that do have more do follow backlinks. So that is where I'm going to focus a lot of my attention going forward for that site. I'm going to search out to find sites that either um, allow do follow comments in their posts which you can find. Um, installing a, I use Firefox for the most part. There's a Firefox plugin that you can go to a particular site and it will highlight um, sites that have do follow links and no follow. I think do follow links will be green and no follow links will be red when you go to the website. So it'll be obvious there. There's other uh, sites that provide links to blogs that offer do follow links. Again, this is something that Google frowns upon because they don't want you to go out and seek out links, but Leaving comments on sites is, uh, I think, well within the bounds of you know getting backlinks, and the links in those cases generally are going to be to uh, when you leave a comment on a WordPress site that uh, is just a standard default out of the box install. Your link is going to be from your name. So, in the case of uh, that particular site, when you list your name it will link back to your site and your primary site. So you're not necessarily getting a link directly to a particular post, but the more do-follow links you have from related sites that have a higher page rank than yours, the better. So I, in addition to trying to find sites that allow do-follow comments, I'm also gonna seek out sites like, um, one that I've been on and continue to interact on is Info Barrel. And that's a site that allows you to create an account, post articles, and you can, I think the latest is that you can provide two links, self-serving links in the article. So if I left a, a um, for example, if I left a review of that particular product for my site, I could le- include two links and put whatever keyword text that I wanted to that linked back to that particular post on my site. So it could say, check out product name review. Actually, you can't say checkout. You can't do a call to action on that site. But if you had a site that said, you know, just in line, you were talking and you said something about product name reviews and you put a link to your site, that would be a keyword rich um, do follow link back to your site. And Info Barrel has a decent page rank on their site so that's the first thing that I'm actually going to do. That will get me one do-follow link that is keyword-rich. But as the content in the Forever Affiliate Program clearly states, you want to make sure, especially with those do-follow links, that you do not have the same anchor text for those links. For example, if I had, um, if I went to InfoBarrel and I wrote five different articles all that I wanted to link back to that same article on my site, you would not want to put product name reviews as the link that uh, goes back to the article on your site for all of them. Because that would show up as five separate links that have the exact same anchor text and that is very unnatural in the eyes of Google. And what I did was when I checked um, through the monitorbacklinks.com software, I checked the backlinks from my competitors and they did a good job of that. Um, The one guy that had uh, approximately 10 to 20 different do-follow links back to his site, one of them was to product name reviews and uh, that was the only one. They were all different, so the rest of them were either to his name, linking to his name, linking to his main URL from his website, or linking to uh, perhaps just straight product name, the author of the product things like that. So they've done a really good job of varying the anchor text, for, especially for those do-follow links. And I think that's what's giving them a leg up. So that's definitely something that's key. If you do get those do-follow links by creating posts on other sites, like InfoBarrel is one, PubPages is another. There's all sorts of places where you could publish articles and get your own do-follow links back to your site from a higher page rank site. Oh, and I forgot to mention the, the way that the reason I started to go down the do follow route was because the actual CEO and creator of that monitor backlink software, his name is Razvan, R A Z V A N. He actually emailed and reached out and said, Hey, I saw you install my software. Is there anything I can assist with? And uh, since I installed the software for the sole purpose of Figuring out why my site lost rankings, I emailed him back and said, yes, absolutely. Would you mind taking a look at my site and see if there's any reason why you could see that it would drop page ranks between February and March and uh, as a result, losing traffic? And he said he didn't see any reason why I would lose traffic other than the fact that I only had four do-follow links on my site And two of them are from a PageRank Zero site. So there's nothing to pass the major link juice onto my site. So he said he would concentrate on uh, getting additional backlinks from higher PageRank sites. So that was the uh, impetus for me going down that particular road. So not only did I have uh, information from the creator of the affiliate program, Andrew Hansen, but I also had... Um, a direct response from the CEO of the company that creates his backlink monitoring software, both saying the same thing, which is, I'm not sure exactly why. I don't see any reason why your site dropped, but in order to increase those links um, and uh, rankings and traffic, the best course would be to try to get those do-follow links that will pass that link juice onto your site. So that was the piece I'm missing, as far as I know. And another thing that I did as far as um, checking the backlinks of my competitors was I looked real deeply at the recent backlinks from between December and now, and what I found was the majority of those links seemed to come from sites that were not related, so the names of the sites didn't have anything to do with the particular product or um, the particular topic that our sites are focusing on. And... Um, that sort of threw off a red flag, like where where exactly did these links come from or how did they get associated with them? And from everything I can tell, I think at least in the one case that the person is purchasing expired domains with high page rank and creating content on those sites and using those sites to link back to his articles and get that page rank to transfer from the higher page rank sites and onto his site. And the reason I say that is because the, some of those domains look like they transferred ownership in the last, I would say, six months, and they appear, like I said, completely different, and the only articles on those sites were two to three articles that were similar to the articles on their affiliate sites, and they, that is all that's on the site. So. For example, let's say it was a weight loss site and the URL of the site had something to do with religion. So it was completely off base, you know, actually the domain name and uh, the articles on the site didn't have anything to do with the name of the site and they were specific. They were only related to that particular product and uh, that particular topic. So I think that's based on the best of my ability, what they're doing. And that, I'm going to look into that, and I actually did look into that slightly. I found uh, one of the primary sites to find expired domain names, where you can see domains that expired you know, within the last couple of minutes or so, and it continually updates. And I started to look at some of those um, domains and a couple of posts that uh, mentioned how to purchase expired domain Names that still have page rank and make sure that they're legit. So make sure that they're likely to maintain that page rank at least for a short period of time and that they're not all spammy backlinks. So basically you plug those domains into ahrefs, monitorbacklinks.com or a uh, software like Market Samurai and do a very full detailed um, backlink check. And it's pretty obvious if uh, a lot of those backlinks are all from foreign sites like Russian sites or Polish sites where the uh, sites at all are not in English. All they are is a huge uh, list of different sites and different domain names all on the same page with no content. That's obvious that those page rank for those sites is fake and it's not going to last or it's 100% spammy. So I looked through maybe 20 or 30 sites that had a page rank higher than one And I did some filtering to make sure those sites have some backlinks still. And um, I took a look at the backlinks. And one site in particular was a flower-related website. So it was somebody that had a flower shop or was focusing their sites on flower sales. And that particular site had some really great backlinks from high PR sites like Um, Just as an example, like let's say New York Times, Huffington Post, things like that, where some people in the local area where that flower shop were on some of their um, popular news sites that had a really high page rank were linking to that flower shop as a new business in the area. And those links weren't likely to go away anytime soon. And what you could do in that case is purchase the site, create a pretty link that points from the old post that's no longer there on the site because you obviously aren't purchasing that same content. All you're doing is purchasing a domain. You can use a free software like Pretty Link and link from the post that 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 particular news article was linking to a post on that site. You can take that exact same URL, redirect it to the main URL of that site that you purchased and maintain that page link. I'm sorry, that page rank. So you will not lose that link juice. That link will not show up as a 404 error or broken link or page not found. And you'll maintain that um, page rank. So I found one great site, click to purchase the site, and then two minutes before I did, somebody from Japan had purchased that site. So I was so close to having a uh, higher page rank, decent looking URL that I could create some content on and link to my site and uh, pass some of that link juice, but unfortunately somebody beat me to it, and I think in a lot of the cases, sites with high page rank that do have decent uh, backlink profiles that is likely to maintain its rank will probably be purchased up rather quickly, so what you might be able to do is through GoDaddy Auctions or a site like Flippa, You may be able to purchase sites that somebody had already purchased for, let's say they bought the site for 10 bucks. They may turn around and try to flip those sites for 30 to $50, so you may have to pay a little bit more, but you're more likely to probably get a domain that way as opposed to just purchasing straight domains that have expired because there's a lot of people competing for those domains most likely. So that's just another potential suggestion. Um, Expired domain names might be one way and a lot of folks these days are using private blog networks. And those are basically the same thing. So people are going out there purchasing domains with PageRank or creating sites that have PageRank and getting their sites to rank and then um, opening up those private blog networks to other folks for a lot of money. Typically from what I've found is those private blog networks are $100 a month To get those links, you'll basically create an article or they'll create one for you on the particular topic and they'll provide some of those high page rank uh, links back to your site and you'll get the page rank juice transferred that way. So they're doing the hard work of finding the domain names or creating them, creating a network of those sites where you can get links back to your site and that's working for a lot of folks. Again, that's something where Google is obviously, if they found out about it and knew exactly what was going on, they would frown upon and penalize, but in a lot of those cases, since those are private and people are paying a lot of money for that right to get those backlinks, I think it's going to be more difficult for Google to find those and to make the correlation and to penalize those sites, but obviously anytime you're trying to get backlinks uh, via unnatural methods, it has the potential to get penalized, but it's kind of a risk-reward where I think finding high-page rank sites or getting links on a site like InfoBarrel or or uh, Hub Pages or something like that, while you can certainly get penalized, I think the fact that you are adding links to your site now, and if you were to get a boost in rank traffic, um, ranks and traffic and potentially sales, The only thing that's going to happen is let's say I add 10 additional links through whatever method I choose and I start to rank higher. If I was penalized for whatever reason, that ranking would only go down to where it is now most likely. So it's a risk reward type of thing. And obviously if you're going to spend a bunch of money, you're going to want a higher return. So if I were to sign up with a private blog network, I would want to see that traffic and those sales increase enough to compensate for that cost. Whereas if I'm just going to info barrel, signing up for a new account, creating some posts and then linking back to my site, there's no cost there. So it's a, you know, high risk reward scenario. So it's all a matter of determining for you what is going to be um, you know, your risk level and uh, what the what the risk is up front. So purchasing links straight out through a site like fiverr where you're going to get uh you know i'll give you a hundred links for five bucks obviously if you're going to spend five bucks on something you got to realize that uh, it's not going to be of the best quality so they're most likely going to be spammy links and easily something that would be you know high risk of being penalized so you have to weigh the um risk reward for yourself and for affiliate style sites that are specific to particular products and you're not going to have a necessarily a presence on a personal blog or you know you're not going to necessarily have um, you know huge social media presence most likely you're going to need to create some sort of backlink. So in those cases you're going to have to try to determine am I going to create posts on sites like InfoBarrel. am I gonna to try to use expired domains? Am I gonna go as far as using private blog networks for a site that's proven out that you've gotten some sales and you just wanna increase that traffic and sales and rankings? If you have brought in, let's say, two, three hundred dollars, you might wanna you know, try a private blog network or something along those lines, but it all depends, it's all up to you, so it's one of those things where you gotta weigh your risk-reward, and on the site like Niche Site Tools, I'm not concentrating whatsoever on backlinking. Um, I'm utilizing interaction, I'm utilizing you know increasing content on a regular basis, on a weekly basis. I'm concentrating on that content, concentrating on creating more blog posts, and I'm concentrating more so on SEO. So the titles, the meta descriptions, tags, and the um, keywords that I utilize in my articles for ranking and bringing in that traffic, I'm not doing anything as far as backlinking goes unless I leave comments on other people's blogs, which I'm generally genuinely interested in, like Pat Flynn, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, people like that. When I'm commenting on their individual posts, I'm getting a link back to my site that links to my name or my main URL. And people find my site or my posts that way as well, but I am not going out of my way to do any private blog networks. I'm not going out of my way to get con- um, comments for my site, so it all depends on the focus of your site as well. If you have an authority site or a mini authority site like this one, generally you don't need to focus a lot on backlinks, but if you're doing a strictly uh, affiliate style site, a lot of the times you really need to build up those backlinks to get that initial traffic and focus. So... It all depends, but uh, that was an interesting experience that I went through this week, and I wanted to kind of share my experiences with you and um, some of the things that you could look into if you do find that your site begins to rank and then gets uh, knocked down for whatever reason. Those are kind of some of the things you can look into, and again, I'll leave some uh, notes in the show notes at nichelighttools.com forward slash the number 11 to some of those tools that I mentioned. And uh, hopefully that's helpful to you in the future. So I'm going to go ahead and end the episode here this week. It's been almost an hour, and I definitely like to try to keep things under an hour. So hopefully you found some useful content in today's episode. And if I could, um, some folks had said they, they really liked the show. And um, from as far as I know, I haven't had any additional reviews in iTunes. It's difficult to check your reviews in other countries. So I know I have some subscribers from the UK and other countries. So if you have left iTunes reviews in your um, respective countries, please let me know what country you're from and I will check those and I will give you a shout out to the show and uh, read those reviews live on the episode. And uh, if you haven't let yet had a chance to leave a review but you do like the show, If you can go to nichesitetools.com forward slash iTunes, I would greatly appreciate any uh, five-star reviews that you can leave, and I will be sure to mention you and the review in an upcoming post and give you a quick shout out, so I would really appreciate that. Um, Again, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening, and if you have any suggestions for upcoming topics that you would like to see covered, or you have any concerns, questions, or challenges that you're going through, leave them in the comments for this particular episode, or drop me an email at chris at com. Thanks again for listening, and have a fantastic week. Bye-bye.